If you are death positive or even death curious, then you probably follow a few death care workers on any of the social media platforms. And you probably hear us death care workers talk about planning ahead for your dying experience or planning your end of life experience. We talk about this so that you and your loved ones can be on the same page when it comes time to make decisions about your comfort and care, the type of funeral you want, wills, and whatever else comes with end of life planning. Hearing these things may even motivate you to get started with your own planning, but they can also leave you a little lost as to how and where to get started. I'll give you a few pointers and plant some idea seeds, and hopefully this will give you a great place to start. If not, then you probably want to schedule a consultation with your local death doula. Remember, talking to a death doula doesn't mean you're going to die. And talking about death won't make you die. My very first pointer, which may sound simple, is to start with yourself. That is right. Start with you. Think about what you really want. Think about how important those wants are to you. Think about how difficult or easy they may be and so on and so forth. Set some time aside for yourself to really sit and dig into what you want at the end of your life. Think of it from a standpoint of if you were to die tomorrow, all the way out to you dying years down the line. Also remember that just because you make plans now does not mean that you can't change them later. Now this is not always an easy task though, so this may take some time. It means you sitting down and getting really comfortable with the fact that you are indeed going to die one day and realizing that that day may come sooner or later because none of us really know. While this sounds easy, when you get into the thick of it, it proves to not be as easy as it sounds. It was a difficult process for me and I deal with death on almost a daily basis. Planning really puts us face to face with our mortality. And in the Western society, that is really scary for some of us. If you decide to work on your advanced care plan, I'm going to share a tool that I use and it's called the five wishes. You can get it at fivewishes.org. It's simple yet in depth when it comes to planning your end of life experience. There are many advanced care plans out there and there are a few others that I like. But this one is most widely known and accepted at the moment. Disclaimer, make sure that you check with your state laws to make sure this document can be upheld. Keep in mind also that advanced care planning is only one small portion of end of life planning. There are wills, trusts, insurance beneficiaries, estate executors trusted persons that you're going to give your account information to, like bank accounts and social media accounts, funeral plans, burial plans, and much, much more. Now that you have sat with yourself and gotten a good feel for what you want out of your end of life experience, it's time to get with your family and friends or just one or two trusted people who you are going to assign certain roles to. Even though everyone isn't going to have a say or make decisions for you, 
I would recommend having an open and honest conversation so that everyone knows what you want. This can avoid any misconception of the story that you tell for your end of life. End of life decisions have literally torn families apart because the dying person was not transparent about what they wanted or they told different family members different things. They didn't tell family members anything at all or family members had their own interpretation of what was being said. The fact that there can be so much confusion makes it important for you to be very intentional about what you want and what your plans are. Now, of course, it isn't expected that you lay out your whole end-of-life plan in one family meeting, just like I don't expect anyone to complete their whole end-of-life plan in one sitting. What I mean when I say be intentional is set time aside and let your family know that this is what you all will discuss and how important it is for them to show up and really listen. Allow them to give input if you want, but know that this is your plan. If during one meeting you're going to go over your advanced care directives, choose a section or two that you want to discuss. You don't have to go over the whole thing. Now, if you can get through the whole thing in one sitting, that is awesome. Whatever the meeting is about, though, have a plan and try your very best to stick to it. This is the same when you're working through things on your own before you talk to your family. Be intentional and focus on one thing at a time. Take it from someone who knows. Making all these plans can get pretty overwhelming. Another important thing to do is to get organized. This is actually very important. If you're anything like me, you might have accounts that you didn't even know you had or don't remember setting up. I have tons of social media accounts. Why? Because on top of being a death doula, I own a natural handmade goods business as well. And I have all of these ideas or concepts of things that I want to start. So I go ahead and lock the social media names down for those two. Sometimes I even sign up for things and forget that I signed up for them until I get an email or a bill. It's pretty bad, you all. Pretty bad. But I have started cleaning up some of these things because I don't want my loved ones to be left with a digital mess when I'm gone. Make a spreadsheet of all of your accounts. Go through your email subscriptions and see what you may have that you forgot about. And don't forget to check your junk email account. You know, that one email account that you use to sign up for things because you aren't sure if the company's going to spam you or not. Check your bank account statements to make sure that you aren't still subscribed to things like Scrib and Unlimited Reading App that you thought you unsubscribed to a year ago. (laughs) That was me. But seriously, go through things with a fine tooth comb. Close, delete, or unsubscribe to anything that you don't need or don't use, especially if you're paying a fee. No sense in wasting money on things that you don't even use. Write down your bank account passwords, credit cards, social media accounts, magazine subscriptions, food services, Amazon Prime, insurance, gas, electric, and everything. 
everything, everything, as my two-year-old says. Speaking of two-year-olds, your children, where do they go? Who gets them? If you have life insurance or other monies going to your minor children, is there a trust for the children? Who is the trustee? Who is the successor to the trustee if something were to happen to the original trustee? People tend to leave children out of -of end-of-life conversations because it's assumed that we will all die of old age and by that time our children will be adults. So what if the person that you named is unable to care for your children? Then who's next? Put all of that stuff in your will and then talk to a lawyer to see how that will go Make plans for if something happens to both of the surviving parents or the surviving parent is unable to take care of the child or children. Where are they going? Grandparents, aunt, uncle, sibling, friend? Where? This is very important. And once you have decided, make sure you have a conversation with those people so they're not surprised. Do they even want to take your children if something happens? I know for me, I don't want my kids anywhere where I feel that they may not be wanted, even if I feel like it's the best choice or best place for them. Some people just don't know what to do with or aren't good with kids, and that is perfectly fine. If your children are old enough, make sure you have a conversation with them as well. See how your children feel about your choices. If they disagree, ask why. They may have a valid reason. You might be surprised. The last thing I want for anyone is to suddenly be on their deathbed, unable to speak, and worried about the well-being of their children. Many years ago, most people were only aware of two types of dispositions when dealing with our bodies. The traditional burial in the ground and cremation. While these are still options, there are a lot more now. From water cremation to what is now being called green burial, where you are being placed in a biodegradable coffin or shroud and being buried without embalming or the huge steel casket. I like to think of this as traditional burial because it's how things were done before the 1800s. The Civil War actually made embalming pretty popular because they needed a way to get soldiers back to their families without decaying. Before that, bodies were preserved with ice and refrigeration. Over the last 100 years or so, the new norm has become steel caskets, cement vaults, and embalming. There is nothing wrong with that way of doing things if that's what you want. But just keep in mind, the earth only has so much space. And the amount of people being buried is only increasing. So I like to mention other things to do with our bodies after we die. Things like donating our bodies to science, donating our organs, body farms that study the decomposition process, water cremation, green burials, fire cremation, burial at sea, and many more. I'd also say look into prepaid funeral services too. I did this for my mom because her health is not the greatest, so whole life insurance would have been way too expensive and I couldn't find any term life insurance policy that I actually liked. (music) 
Once you have taken time to get everything that you can think of organized and in order, this next thing is probably the most important. Tell people where they can find your documents. If you don't feel comfortable giving out your passwords and such right now, make sure that they know where your stuff is or how they can access it when they need to. There is no point in doing all of this work and talking with all of your family and friends and creating a care team and no one knows where your documents are when the time comes. Don't hide them, but do tuck them away for safekeeping. During stressful or intense situations, it's hard for people to remember the very basics. So I personally wouldn't count on a person trying to remember our secret squirrel hiding place during an emergency or death. These are just a few things that you can start on with your end of life planning journey. It's a lot and it can be very overwhelming too. Remember that this is important work, so it's important that you take your time, but don't take too long because none of us know how long we really have. This isn't to scare you, but this is to get you to focus on the reality and the importance of making your plans known so that you can have a say in what happens to you and how you want things to go when the end of life comes. Let's all hope and pray that it will be later rather than sooner. But as COVID has shown us, our lifespan is even more unpredictable than we may have originally thought. So there is no better time to start planning than now. I really, really hope that you are enjoying these podcasts and that you're finding them helpful. If you have something you would like to hear or just want to leave some feedback, go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash from butterflies to angels and leave me a short voice message. You can also visit my website at www.frombutterfliestoangels.com and click on the FAQ tab, then fill out the contact us form. I've been having a really hard time because I'm recovering from COVID. And while my body feels fine, my respiratory system is still a little bit affected, hence my hoarseness and probably sometimes seeming out of breath. I tried to disguise it and hide it as much as I could. But, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. Your body does what your body does. 